I'm Pastor Robert. Welcome to Riverside Friends Church. I want to just welcome you today for our Palm Sunday message. I give a big special thank you to Cache for sharing last week. She did an awesome job with her testimony um, and everybody else who shared as well. It was really good. It was a good Sunday. There's a quote that stands out to me that I think embodies kind of who we are as a church. And Philip Yancey says that the redemptive way goes through pain, not around it. And hearing your stories last week is a reminder both of the deep suffering in our world and the incredible healing available through Jesus Christ. And so today we need to look at Jesus. We need to look at Jesus and his entry into Jerusalem. That's what this Palm Sunday is about. So if you want to flip over to Mark, um, Mark chapter 11. Yeah, it's page 1143 in your pew Bibles if you have it. I have it pulled up here. Let's see. So we've come to the ending of, of the Lenten season, the ending of the seasonal Lent. We've discussed the difficulties of Jeremiah, who was deeply familiar with pain in that redemptive way. And the season of Lent has a focus on remembering the pain and the redemption that comes through it. And Jesus himself does not shy away from pain. Today marks the beginning of Holy Week with the culminating Friday crucifixion and Sunday resurrection. On the cross and in the tomb, pain and redemption wholly meet. So let's take a look at the first day of Holy Week and the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. This is Mark 11, verses 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say, The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. And as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing? Untying this colt. And they told them what Jesus had said. And they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it. And he sat on it. And when many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches, they'd cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who were followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So something we need to understand here is that in ancient and medieval times, there would be this small group that would be employed with the sole job of keeping watch for the king returning from battle with his army. If you want to understand the verses on like, keep your lamp trimmed and burning or being prepared or the verses in Matthew 24 and Thessalonians on the rapture, the context for all of those verses and these verses today are keeping watch for the return of the king. So these watchers, they would see the king and his army coming from a long way out and they would gather. They would gather the people to go and meet the king And together, they would march into town and celebrate the victory that the king had won. So Palm Sunday is the story of the triumphal entry, and it's often celebrated as one of these victory marches. Excuse me. The people walk into Jerusalem shouting about the coming kingdom. Blessed. Blessed is the coming kingdom, they proclaim. And we see Jesus. Here, I got another verse here we can pull up. Give me one second. 
Boom. There you go. And so what we see is we see Jesus riding on a donkey and he's coming into town. And it's a symbol that he is the coming king who will win victory. So Solomon at his coronation, as you can see up here in 1 Kings 1, when he was anointed as king, he rode into Jerusalem riding David's donkey. And when King Jehu was appointed by Elisha, the people spread their cloaks on the ground under his feet. And so Jesus himself, he rides in on a donkey with cloaks spread at his feet, and they're remembering these verses. And after this, and after the time of Jeremiah, when the people were without a king or a kingdom, they held a promise tightly to their hearts. And this is Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 to 10. It's page 1360 in your pew Bibles. Zechariah 9, 9 to 10. Here it is on the screen. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. And so the people see Jesus riding on a donkey, and they understand this verse, that the king comes riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so it would be easy to consider the story like a story about victory and triumph, about a king who returns to his home victorious over his enemies. And honestly, this is how we most Palm Sundays are celebrated. If we think about the music that's played, the Hosanna that we sing, it's joyous, it's celebratory. The people dance a victory celebration. And when Maccabeus had defeated the Romans for a few days, the people waved palm branches at him as he marched into Jerusalem. He would be defeated like a week later or something. The people remembered this though, and they waved palm branches at Jesus. And from this time on, from the time of Maccabees on, Hosanna and these verses, they took on a dual meaning. And the first one, the first meaning is what we've been talking about. And it's how we usually see Palm Sunday. It's a celebration. But then to consider the second, more natural meaning, we have to consider the context. These are not victorious people. The people marching with Jesus are not victorious. We've just finished Jeremiah. And if I were to summarize the book of Jeremiah, I would say that as God calling the people to give up their sin so that the kingdom won't be destroyed. But the people didn't listen. And Israel lost their kingdom. Now at the time of our text today, at the time of Mark chapter 11, Jesus enters Jerusalem on a donkey. This has been 618 years since Israel has had a king, and their kingdom is under the thumb of a Roman ruler. See, the triumphal entry is not grounded in victory, but was first celebrated by people who knew defeat. Hosanna is a Hebrew word, and it means literally to save now or save us. And our verses today are a semi-quotation of Psalms. 118, 25 to 26. You can see that here, down at the bottom of your screen. And when we live as though we are already victorious, we don't proclaim Hosanna, save us, save now, but our cry becomes, I'm already saved. And to be saved is not just to receive salvation for your souls, though that's a big part of it. To be saved is to enter into God's story, 
where his kingdom becomes a reality on earth as it is in heaven. Save now, save us, is the cry that all is not well. Save us is the cry of the humble and hurting. Hosanna is not the victory cry, but the humble plea for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And if discipleship is about following Jesus, then this invitation to march with him in Jerusalem to proclaim Hosanna is a call to be shaped by the redemptive path through pain. This journey with Jesus is not a celebration that victory's already been won. Instead, it is the fierce acknowledgement in my own heart that victory is still up ahead. And when the people of this time proclaimed Hosanna, save us, it was not because they had victory, but because all was not well in the world. And when I proclaim Hosanna, I join them in recognizing the world is broken. And the first place that I notice the world is broken is when I examine my own heart and my own deep need for help. Next week, we will come back to church and we will join the ancient song sung since the first Easter morning, Christ is alive. This week, though, we must work our way through the fact that this week he dies. See, Jesus himself in the triumphal entry is not entering into his kingdom with victory won, but as a king on his way to win victory on the cross. He is not like other kings atop a war horse in celebration of bloody victory. He is the humble king atop a donkey who will be bloodied to win the victory. Hosanna is not the cry of the strong and victorious. It is the cry of the weak who know what it is to be bloodied in injustice. And the cross is Jesus' message to us that he understands and knows our suffering because he suffers with us and for us. And the cross is Jesus' answer to our call for Hosanna for his help in saving us. And if we follow Jesus, we do not fight the way that the world fights. Esau Macaulay writing about Lent and Palm Sunday in his book called Lent, he says that by asking Hosanna is a challenge to consider, have we adopted the efficiency of force and cruelty instead of the painful redemptive way of Jesus? See, the life of Jesus is not just a means of salvation. It is the way of being human. Jesus humbled himself by riding on a donkey. I too must humble myself. Hosanna, save us. The thing from which I need to be saved is often me. There is nobody better at sabotaging my life than me. And I must enter into that reality that I am my own worst enemy. And we learn from Jeremiah that the solution to our own self-sabotage is grief. So Lent And the Lenten season is the time built into the Christian calendar to reflect upon grief. It is a time of repentance and preparation for the resurrection. It is not until we enter the grief of our own crud that we can share in the glory of the cross. See, only if we are prepared to own our share of the guilt of the cross can we claim our share of its grace. And you, you have in your life injustice that you've inflicted onto others. Times where you were mean and you exploited the people around you for your own benefit. And for this we grieve and cry out, Hosanna, save us. And you have in your own life the opposite. You've been the victim of others' cruelty. For reasons unknown to us, people have exploited us and used us for their purposes. For this we grieve and cry out, Hosanna, save us. 
And there are many times that I am the victim of my own worst decisions when I inflict harm on my own soul. There are, of course, the deep areas of unforgiveness that I have carried for far too long. For this we grieve and cry out, Hosanna, save us. And the people were shouting, Hosanna, is what our, our verses say. And I'm going to say, you can't yell, save us, in a happy tone. You can't yell, save me, in a happy tone. To shout, save me, comes from deep within our souls. As a church, we're going to sing together and march around the sanctuary, waving our palm branches. And we do this as a way of proclaiming, like, God save us. So today, you have something from which you need to be saved. I don't know if it's an injustice inflicted on you, injustice you've inflicted on others, or a self-inflicted wound. But this palm branch serves as a physical reminder of this thing from which you need to be saved. The people of Jesus' time, they threw their branch down at the feet of Jesus. And today, if you need to throw yours down, I'd invite you to come to the cross. Go to the cross. Throw your palm branch down. But if you can, keep it this week. Keep your palm branch in a place this week that will remind you of the injustice that Jesus suffered to save us. The cross. I wonder if you would consider reading our verses today, the Hosanna verses. With the English translation, save us. Then those who went ahead and those who, were, who followed were shouting, save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor, David. Save us in the highest heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, very thankful for this day. We ask that you would just continue to save us so that we might enter your story and we might see how you are at work, that we might understand how you are moving and how we are entering your story of making your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Would our salvation be one step in bringing that truthfully so that the injustice around us might be overcome? We ask this in your name, Lord. Amen.